It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Stars up over the ball. This will be it. Stars back to throw. He takes time. He throws over the middle. It's caught at the 15. Running hard to the seven-yard line. And down on the seven is Jim Taylor. The game's over. The game's over. The Eagles are the champions of the world. Listen. What is going on, Reading Green Nation? Brandon McGowan back with you here on Monday for another BGN Radio Daily. If you're wondering why I have this big microphone in my face, this is for the audio-only version if you're listening to our podcast feed, so make sure you subscribe to that if you haven't. Uh, BGN Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, anything that has a podcast uh, where you can listen to a podcast, you know we're on there. Uh, if you are not listening to this on Facebook Live, you're not with the, me live watching this now, and you're listening to this on the podcast, you don't really care that I have a big microphone in my face because you can't even see me. So if you're listening to me on the replay and you're not listening to me live, as John John checks in and he's here and he's watching me live, make sure you go like our Facebook page, which is where this video is currently streaming as I'm talking right now. So make sure you go check that out at facebook.com backslash Bleeding Green Nation, and also our BGN Radio Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash BGN Radio Podcast, all in word there. So a lot of people checking in already. Um, I want to give a shout-out to all you guys who join us every week. Always appreciate the support. I also want to talk about a couple things here. Um, I don't know if we'll get to any questions, but if there is time, we will, so you can feel free to send your questions. Uh, I do want to talk about a couple things. As I said, the first thing... We have to get to it. I talked about it with Vince Quinn on the BGN radio episode on Sports Radio 94 WIP on Saturday. The big talk about the Eagles right now, you can't avoid it. It's Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, the drama in the slot. Um, You know, it all started with Daniel Jeremiah, used to work for the Eagles and was actually interviewed by the Eagles last year to be their 
um, personnel guy, like the, the role that Joe Douglas got. So clearly he's connected to the Eagles. I saw him chatting up Harry Roseman on the sidelines last week when Daryl Jeremiah, who works for the NFL Network now, was visiting Eagles training camp. So he clearly knows some things. And when he says that Jordan Matthews, or when he says rather that Nelson Aguilar is definitely going to be the slot guy and he doesn't know what that means for Jordan Matthews, that's kind of attention getting. It's kind of bold. Um, it's not something you would expect, right? So um, it's a weird situation there. I do think that it's a little overstated or it's a little bold to say that Nelson Aguilar is suddenly the starter in the slot because that's clearly not what's not that's not what's happening in practice like Jordan Matthews is still taking the first team reps although I don't think that necessarily means Jordan Matthews is going to get all of the first team reps in the slot I do think you could see a timeshare at that position because look if Nelson Aguilar is playing well and he is in practice. He's had some drops the past few days, but for more more often than not, he's been looking good. And if that's the case, you're going to want to work him into the offense. And if that's the case, who are you taking away? Meaning, like, which wide receiver are you taking off the field to get Nelson Aguilar on the field? It's not Alshon Jeffrey. That's an obvious one. We're not going to take him off the field. Torrey Smith isn't so good that you can't take him off, but he's had a good offseason, so I don't need to see... Uh, I don't need. I don't see the rush to get him off the field. I think it comes at the expense of Jordan Matthews because the you look at Tory or you look at Nelson Aguilar and where he's having his success right now, and a lot of it has been playing in the slot. So I'm not saying that means you bench Jordan Matthews entirely. I'm not saying you have to trade Jordan Matthews if you're not getting anything for him. You're getting a sixth or seventh, as I've said all off season long. That's not worth it to me. He has more value, even if he doesn't resign here, which I, I do think is not likely that he doesn't resign here. Even if he doesn't, you know, the value of keeping him for a year is worth more than a seventh round pick. So uh, it is an interesting situation, though. And I do think Jordan Matthews kind of calling out Daniel Jeremiah like he did. He said he has bad mock drafts. And which is actually funny because I look back at the BGN's rating system of our mock, the, the rating system we do each year. And Daniel Jeremiah actually graded out well, but that's besides the point. Um, it just kind of showed like a, a bitterness or like kind of a little salty, a little annoyed. It showed the kind of that this thing is under his skin, which is not very Jordan Matthews like. Um, it just feels like there's some kind of awkward tension or something here with the team. Um, when it comes to that slot battle, I don't think it's taking away from the, I don't think it's some major distraction. I just do think it is an issue now with the team and really it's not going to go away because Jordan Matthews is going to be a free agent next year. And I don't think that's going to change. So that speculation is going to be there all this season. And if Aguilar continues to play well, he's going to play himself into playing time and it could come at the expense of Jordan Matthews. So I do think it is a situation worth monitoring again, uh, we can't get ahead of ourselves too much here. I know Aguilar has looked good in practice, as I've said, but you know he's he was so bad last year. He's been so bad for so much of his career. So to suddenly just expect him to be great doesn't seem realistic. We have to see it in the games. I'm not saying that the realistic thing is that 
again, that Jordan Matthews gets benched, but I do think he could lose some playing time. And even after practice today, I was down there at practice at the NovaCare facility in the bubble today because it was raining. After practice, uh, Frank Reich, the Eagles offensive coordinator, was talking, and he had basically said that this year is different than last year. Last year, Jordan Matthews was the undisputed number one slot guy. He was pretty much their, he was obviously their top receiver overall, even though he played in the slot. And Frank Reich said that's different this year. He did say there's a lot more competition. So, and I, when I think you look at the slot position, think about it. I mean, there's so many guys on this roster who can play in the slot. It's not just Nelson Aguilar. It's, it's him. It's Donnell Pumphrey. It's Alshon Jeffrey, not all the time, but a little bit. Trey Burton lines up there a lot in practice. You could use Zach Ertz there. He's pretty much like a big, big receiver anyway. Um, Mac Hollins, you can put him there. The rookie, Greg Ward, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but he's been practicing well. He lines up in the slot. They have so the point. Darren Sproles, Wendell Smallwood. The point is they have so many guys that can line up in the slot. It's not like this irreplaceable spot for them. Now I'm not saying you know Jordan Matthews is. Uh, I'm not trying to cast all of his production aside and take him for granted. Because, look, Jordan Matthews has been a productive player. He's young. He's only 25. He's a really good guy. I'm not trying to say Jordan Matthews is the worst player. I just think it's a situation where he's very average overall. I know the production is good, but I think the production is a little misleading. I think he's an average talent. And I think this year, especially, his production is going to go down now that there's more targets in this offense. And I don't think, more importantly than anything, about how we may disagree on our evaluation as Jordan Matthews the player, but he's going to be gone after this year. So if you feel like you can get something for him now, I really don't like that. I mean, I don't hate that idea. I mean, of course, the thing there is um, you can get a comp pick for him if Jordan Matthews signs with someone in free agency. The only problem with that is it depends on the Eagles not signing players in free agency next offseason, which I think is possible because they don't have a lot of cap space and they have to keep guys like Alshon and Nigel Bradham and, and extend Jordan Hicks. So that's possible. But you wouldn't even get that pick till 2019 anyway. So um, it's, you know, if you can get a sure pick now as opposed to a pick you might not even get, you know, the, the sure thing is obviously more valuable or at least more tempting. So that's the big topic right now. Uh, I do think if, you know, no matter what side of the debate you're on on that, the good thing is that it actually is a debate because last year, I mean, the Eagles just had nothing at receiver. Like we know this by now. I'm already, I'm a broken record by saying it, but, um, just to have almost too much talent at receiver, that's kind of like what the Eagles have right now. Like that's a great, like quote unquote problem, not really an actual problem, to have so um as dan watson says here in the comments i'm beating a dead horse so he wants me to move on um it is time for me to move on because we've been talking about this a lot um a couple other things i wanted to get to is the next thing for it's the it's the thing that just came up today that i saw ezekiel elliott might be suspended for more than two games i don't know if you guys saw it but chris carter had a really interesting interview on Fox Sports 1 today where uh, I'm summing it up here, but basically he had mentioned something about potential destroyed evidence in the Ezekiel Elliott situation, and he basically said that 
uh, Zeke's suspension might be longer than the two games, the one or two games that it's been suggested, and it could be six games. Now, that's big, man. I mean, I, I you can, you know, none of those games are against the Eagles, and people always say when I talk about the Cowboys that, oh, why are you talking about the Cowboys? That's not the Eagles. I mean, come on. Like, that's huge. That's not only big for the Eagles. That's huge impact on the NFL. He's the, one of the best players in the league, obviously at least the best player on the Cowboys. For him to be missing from four to six games, that's huge. I mean, this just one or two games if he's missing, that's big right there because this NFC East race could be very close in a game or two could mean a lot. So for him to miss six games, that's huge. And I think the Cowboys will still be, you know, I don't think they're going to suddenly only win six games, but, you know, that could take him down to seven wins or something there or eight. You know, that could definitely take a major toll on their success because they're all, well, all of what they do is run through Zeke. You know, like they run the ball and that hides their defense and they run the ball and that makes it so that Dak doesn't have to throw as much. And then when he does throw, his receivers are more open because of the defensive backs and the defense has to worry about the run. So for Zeke to be potentially missing, that's huge news. And that's not official, but Chris Carter did say he would be shocked if we didn't hear within the next 48 hours um, if Zeke is suspended. So definitely going to keep an eye on that as that's going through here. Um, another thing, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just going off of what's on the site, bleedinggreennation.com today, so make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Also went through a 53-man roster prediction. I'm not going to read that whole thing here. Um, but uh, it's, it's getting to that time. You know, the first preseason game against the Packers is this week. We're going to see some of these battles play out in terms of not only what we've seen in practice, but the games as well, which I think isn't everything. Because you look at the Henry Josies, the Raheem Mosterts, the guys who have been super productive in the preseason for the Eagles, and that always hasn't meant a lot when it comes to making that final roster. Um, you know, that's that's not everything. Henry Josie and Raheem Moster, I think those guys, you know, they like led the NFL in rushing in the preseason. So, and then you know they haven't really actually been much in the NFL since. So it's not everything, but. And I do think Corey Clement could be like a guy like that, by the way, this year. I think he's going to be that next that next player who shines in preseason but doesn't make the team. So um, definitely a lot of interesting battles, at least when it comes to, you know, some of these bottom of the roster positions or some of these uh, spots where, you know, are the Eagles going to keep? How many offensive linemen are they going to keep? How many defensive tackles are they going to keep? How many linebackers? I think the linebacker thing is very interesting because you have Jordan Hicks and Nigel Bradham. And after that, everything's almost up for grabs. I think Najee Good makes it, but I don't know that for sure. They've cut him the past couple years and then brought him back after week one because when you do that, as a veteran, his salary isn't guaranteed. And then if you want to move on from him later that season, you easily can do that. So still a lot of things to watch there. Um, the Eagles signed Corey Graham last week, which is kind of an interesting deal because they don't really need help at safety, I would think, from what I've seen. Terrence Brooks has looked good as the number three safety, but now he's in here. So I, I'm pretty sure he's going to make the team. I don't think he would have joined the team otherwise. And maybe he can play cornerback a little bit in a pinch. Um, he might need to because the Eagles cornerbacks haven't been looking so good, although they had a decent day today. I think an interesting name to watch a cornerback 
is C.J. Smith. You know, he was an undrafted free agent. He went to North Dakota State, just like Carson Wentz. And the Eagles brought him in last offseason. He made the roster initially before they cut him a couple days later, and then they put him on the practice squad, and then injuries happened, and C.J. Smith got called up to the main roster. Don't think he really played much at all in the regular season. Um, but he's a name to watch. Smith has looked good. Not a star by any means. You know, not, I'm not saying expect that he's going to be some shutdown corner, but he's just looked real solid. And for this Eagles cornerback position, which has not been very good, there's been a lot of struggles. If C.J. Smith can be a solid player, that's big. Because I think Jalen Mills is a, a guy who makes plays, but he also gives up plays overall. I think you know he can be effective as a starter. So if you have Mills and Smith, as two guys who can be effective as your starters. And Ron Brooks, who I think is fine. I don't think he's anything special, but I think he's fine for a slot guy at least. So, And then, then you have Rizal Douglas mixing in. I don't think that's a great cornerback group by any means because we've seen them struggle in practice. But I think it's you just want decent enough, like serviceable. Just enough that they're not going to be this huge liability each week and where... You have this pass rush that should be getting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks and makes it so that the corners don't have to be these shutdown guys. And you have the safeties behind them with Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod where, you know, they can help at least a little bit when it comes to playing on the back end and making sure the cornerbacks are always on an island and they're not always going to get beat deep. So um, that's an interesting, again, the, a lot of interesting battles still to be determined in the preseason um i think that just about does it for what i had to talk about i want to get to some of these questions we have here in the facebook comments uh, if you're listening to this on the replay and you want to get involved in the future do again check out the bleeding green nation facebook page where i do these videos live each monday around four o'clock or so the time is flexible based on how the schedule is going how the day is going but um john john asking for a progress report on sydney jones we haven't heard anything official john john um there's no kind of timeline given but it's good to see sydney jones at practice each day he looks to be involved talking with the coaches talking with his teammates um so that's that's you know that's about where we are with sydney jones i'm still not sure if we'll play this season brian ricardo asking how does chris long look I think he looks decent, you know, I don't, I think he still has some, some gas in the tank, uh, if you will, I, I've seen him get around in one-on-one drills with offensive line, defensive line, I've seen him get around some offensive linemen, so I think he still has some gas left in the tank and could be a nice rotational player for the Eagles, um, uh, Joey Tordero asked, does Joe Walker make the team at linebacker, and what kind of role would he have? I, I do think Joe Walker makes the team. I'm putting him on my current projection. I do think he's a backup middle linebacker, so he could be the guy if Jordan Hicks went down, you know, God forbid, or, you know, not good could also be in the mix there. But I do think Joe Walker will make the team. He'll play special teams. He'll be a backup linebacker. I don't think he'll be more than that, but I think, you know, there's obviously some value in that, especially for being a seventh-round pick last year. Um, Dan Watson saying, Torrey Smith is going to be a very nice addition. I agree, Dan, because Torrey Smith had a pretty good offseason. He's not Alshon. You know, like, Alshon is clearly the best receiver on this team. 
Uh, no disrespect to Mike Quick, who said Nelson Aguilar is the most talented player on this team. Or, sorry, most talented receiver. Alshon is clearly just he's so good. And I know he hasn't been practicing. That's not something you guys need to worry about. As John Barchard's, or as BGN Radio's own John Barchard, I should say, reported last week, the Eagles are just being really cautious with Alshon. They know what he is. He, they know he's a great player. They're not going to risk him getting hurt in the preseason when he already got his shoulder a little banged up last week. So they're kind of taking it easy with him. Alshon practiced today for a little bit. Uh, he was limited, but he did do some some reps and team drills. Or not team drills, but uh, well, some team drills, like 7-on-7. Seven seven. He did some one-on-one -on -one with the receivers. He didn't do 11-on-11, 11 11, but he's still getting involved, so I wouldn't worry about Alshon at all. Um, but back to Tori, sorry. Uh, Tori's looked real good. He's caught everything. He showed he can still beat guys down the field deep. He still has speed. One of the most surprising things about Tory to me, because he's known as one of the deep threats, is that he just seems reliable in the intermediate passing game. So last year, when a play would break down, Carson Wentz would look to throw to a receiver down the field, and no one would be there for him. No one would be open. You know, the receivers couldn't get open despite having all that time. Tory Smith is a veteran guy who knows how to get open. He's done that for Wentz. I've seen it. And it's been such a, you know, it's refreshing to see based on how bad last year was. Speaking of Wentz, I can't believe I didn't get to him sooner. But I guess I've just been taking it for granted. Carson Wentz, guys, and I've been saying this, we said on the last podcast on BGN Radio, he's been looking really good. He kind of had not so great of a day in practice today on Monday. Threw an interception and threw two other passes that, uh, you know, kind of were dropped picks. Although... The one I don't think was his fault as much because Zach Ertz fell down, apparently. I've heard I heard other reporters say that, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. But And even if you know he did have a bad day, so what? Like He looks so much better than he has last year, and there's been so much more good than bad with Carson Wentz. On Sunday, I'm sure some of you guys saw it if you were down at the link, he was on fire. He was throwing passes like in the tight windows. He was just repetitively accurate, like just bam, 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 play after play. Just, you know, there's the ball barely hit the ground. Like he was, He's just been in such command of this offense throughout the offseason. He has a mastering of it, you can tell now. He doesn't look like a rookie. He still looks like a young player to me. I, you know, I'm not going to say he suddenly looks like one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, although that would be awesome. I think Carson, something we have to remember is that he's not a finished product in the sense that, like, year one to year two is a big jump for a player, and improvement should be expected, but it's not like their development just stops there. You know, there's still a lot of growth to do, I think. Um, we do need to see some improvement from him. He still has room to grow, but I think he's improved a lot already to a significant amount where, again, I don't know if you heard it, but I think I said it on the podcast on last week's main episode on Friday when we released it, when I saw Carson Wentz practice so well, it got me excited for this season. Like I, I, it's not. I'm obviously always excited for this season, but not to the level of like where I'm watching the practice and I want the game to start immediately. Like that's how exciting it was. So obviously, loving to see Carson Wentz doing well. Very encouraging. The next step is you know we'll see it in the games, but um, so far from what we've seen from him very encouraged. 
Um, Frank P asks, "Hey BLD Blue Yeti microphone, you'll notice a huge quality increase if I speak into it vertically. So up here like this is how you want me to do it." Okay, Frank. Um, Joey Tadero asks, how much do I expect to see Donald Pumphrey and Matt Collins during the first game and throughout the preseason? It's a good question, Joey. Um, I don't know how much we'll see Donald Pumphrey because he's been dealing with a hamstring issue. He had a helmet on today at practice, so I guess he was doing some individual drills because I didn't see him doing team drills. Um, I don't know how much we'll see him then, at least in the first game, based on that. I don't know how close he is. Doug Peterson will have a press conference tomorrow, and we'll find out more about him specifically. As far as Matt Collins goes, I would expect to see a lot, because the starters won't play much, and Matt Collins will be running with the second or the third team. So he should be getting some looks there, and that'll be fun to see, because Matt has caught the ball well in the preseason. He is clearly a guy who can get open deep and surprisingly so I mean not surprising in the sense that in college he was really good at that he averaged over 20 yards per reception so we obviously already know he can get deep but just when you look at him he's 6'4 he's a bigger guy and usually those guys aren't always the fastest so for him to be able to do that it's it's impressive to see and that'll be fun to watch in the preseason if we do get to see that and I believe we should um, getting, getting through some more of the questions here. Some Matt Collins questions. Just talked about him. Um, how does Brandon Graham look? This question from David Satterwhite. He's looked good. I especially noticed today he had a good practice. Uh, he had a sack, you know, quote unquote. Obviously can't touch the quarterback and Carson Wentz. Also, he had a really good tackle on LeGarrette Blunt to stop a running play. Um, Bryce Treggs, this question from Kwame Hayes. I think Bryce Treggs is having a good summer, and I think if the Eagles situation was as bad as it was last year, he would make the team. But I do think that they already have so much at receiver, other options that they like more than Treggs, that I don't think he's going to make this team. He's eligible for the practice squad, but I think he's almost too good for that. I think uh, another team will pick him up if the Eagles cut him. So... Uh, that's actually how the Eagles got him last year, because the 49ers cut him. So that would kind of be funny. Rob DeFalco saying, come on, do I really think Jalen Mills is a better cornerback than Malcolm? Well, as far as outside corner goes, absolutely, because I don't think that's a position Malcolm Jenkins is really suited to play anymore at this stage in his career. Um, Saif Al-Safi asks, do I get free tickets, BLG? I mean, the Eagles don't give me free tickets, but we do have a partnership with NRG uh, that we've had, at least in the past years. Uh, hopefully that will come through again this year. I don't know for sure, but do keep an eye on out for that. We'll be doing some giveaways if we are working with NRG again this year, so that'll be cool. Maybe try to do some here on Facebook, uh, definitely on Twitter. By the way, I'm on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton, that's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-G-O-W-T-O-N, and you can follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter, at Bleeding Green. Uh, we'll have information on contests, if they happen. Again, not a guarantee, but based on the past, it has worked out, so we will see how that works out. Um, Joey Tradero coming in again with, do I know if Derek Barnett will uh, get a... During, do I know... 
of if Derek Barnett during the preseason will be a starter or mainly run with the second and third defense. Oh, Derek Barnett will probably be a lot or playing a lot with the backups. You know, I think Vinnie Curry and Brandon Graham will be your starters in the preseason and probably won't play too much at all. Um, so I think we're about at the 25-minute mark. You know, that's about where we keep these BGN radio dailies, about 25, 30 minutes. Keep them short and sweet. We'll have the longer episode out in the week. I'll be posting the sun, or sorry, the Saturday show on Bleeding Green Nation today. Uh, sorry that didn't get posted by now. Running a little bit behind on that. That'll get posted. Um, we have the Eagle After Dark podcast, which is for our Patreon subscribers. You can check that out at patreon.com backslash BGN Radio. That will be coming out. That's for our $5 and up subscribers. Uh, go. That, those are always, you know, I always think, obviously I'm biased, but I always think those are fun. Um, we talk more than just the Eagles on those ones. Uh, if you haven't already, again, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. Those, those go a long way. Always like to see the feedback from you guys, too. Uh, if you don't want to subscribe to us on Patreon, like it's just it's the easiest thing you can do. It's free. It'll take a, a minute of your time. Go on iTunes, give BGN Radio a five star rating. Uh, I think that just hey no Matt Matt you cannot rate what you feel. You have to give us a five star rating. That's how it works. Um, but this has been fun as always. Uh, I'll be back again, obviously, probably on the podcast. I think we might be recording tomorrow night because the game is on Thursday, so we'll be doing a preview pod for the preseason game. So you can check out the full-length podcast soon. We should be doing our BGN Radio dailies throughout the week, so make sure you check those out, obviously. Uh, I think that just about does it for today. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton. Thanks for joining me today here. Saif saying BLG for 2020 president. I'm not old enough for that, but it's an idea for sure. Um, Take it easy, guys, and as always, go Eagles. Take them out the rest of the